0: everybody and welcome to this very special episode with my friend Ilona Pamplona. She is the postmodern oracle. Welcome Ilona.
1: Hello. How are you mija?
0: I'm so happy that you're here on the show. So quick background for those tuning in. She and I met in a, I like to call it like a lady entrepreneur group uh, with Blair Badenhop. So it was this amazing group of powerful creatresses, women who were building their businesses. It's called Your Wellness Brand. And that was a couple of years ago when we were both kind of in these baby stages of building our businesses and um, I just remember seeing you on the zoom calls and every time you spoke, I was like, like, I like this chick. Like I just vibed with you from the start. And then we have these similar names. And so I've always kept track of you. And then recently we reconnected and it's just been such a joy to be in your presence again. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you, sister. I feel the same about your energy. I was always like, I love the, the, just the expansion that
0: comes out of your spirit and heart and field. So
1: very mm. honored to be here.
0: Mm, mm, mm. And so recently you had me on your IG live for what Mm you're calling spellings, which, oh no, right. Because we were talking about spellings, but then you have been offering these amazing IG reels where you talk about words. And so uh, we were just talking before we got on the call about your modalities. So you call yourself the postmodern oracle, which I love. And so I'm sort of interested, like, what is the breakdown of that title.
1: I'm obsessed that you asked me that. This is the first time I actually think I've actually declared in a public space, the, the origin. So I believe, so a few years ago I started this series on Instagram where I was like, okay, I speak a few languages. So I grew up in a bilingual home. I studied other languages. I've dabbled in other languages. And I always thought it was like so fascinating how words felt like they had energy, they had a spirit. And then there was a part of me that was like, well, what, what, what if we look at the root of certain words and dig deep and what does it really mean? And so I created a a video series last year called Spellings, where we get to the root word, uh, the etymology, and understand that they cast a spell. Like when we understand the root, like where the word originally comes from, it casts a spell in our lives, in our consciousness. So when I was kind of like playing with a title for myself in Spellings, uh, we ended on the word Oracle. Because I play with oracle cards. It's one of the modalities that I use, the tools that I use. And oracle comes from Latin oraculum, which means a few things. It means a uh, high priest or high priestess. So someone who is like learned, it could also be a temple, right? But it comes, it, go, it goes deeper and comes from a root of orare, which is Latin for to pray. Mm. So when I was breaking it down, I'm like, it almost feels like the word oracle is a high priest, a high priestess, a temple, a tool, a person that holds your prayer on high as you navigate unwinding it and manifesting what you want to manifest. And I was like, that's like, because I'm trained as a coach. I have a master's in health and wellness coaching, more in the mindfulness area than the like eat your greens area. But like my (laughs) modality is coaching. That's how I express working with my clients most specifically. But the word Oracle felt like it's where I can bring in those spiritual tools to be like, I'm going to help you navigate this thing you're manifesting in the coaching container, but with this spirit, this, this energy of a priestess, of, um, something that's like more in the fifth dimension and postmodern. Um, well, I love music and I love the postmodern jukebox and like all that, like those throwbacks, but like of modern music, because the idea of postmodernism is like, it's, it's non-referential. It's like whatever you want it to be. Right. Mm. And that's what coaching to me is, right. It's Okay, you want to you want to manifest something. We need to stop referring to how someone else did it, how the person that you um, learned from did it. Like we get to create a new framework, a come from of how you manifest that thing that we're holding on this, this prayer that we're holding on high for you. Mm. So that's where I uh, kind of got Postmodern Oracle from because I thought, I don't want to compare. Like you get to manifest what you want and I'm going to hold you high in that prayer in the
0: coaching container. Oh my God. How good does that sound? I'm sure everyone listening is just like, oh wow, how can I work with her? She sounds amazing. I mean, I just love everything that you're bringing to your work. And it just reminds me of uh, kind of there's these leaders that are coming out right now and you're one of them that I feel like you're right. It's like a remix where we're bringing in the wisdom of so many cultures, so many languages, so much music and flavor. And I just think it's a wonderful kind of mishmash of wisdom that's coming through. And I love that you are this channel, this high priestess who uh, has this ability to hold people and see people and meet them where they're at and give them these gifts uh, that you channel so well. So I'm curious. So the Ode to Joy podcast being all about joy and, and the tools that we use to maintain our joy, I'm very interested. How did you come to the work that you do? Was there a sort of crisis that you went through that brought you to Mm -hmm. find these tools? Um, yeah. How, how did you find your specific flavor of, of magic?
1: I love this question because I joke that every decade, so I'm, I'm 42 years young and I feel like every decade I lived a different life. And in each decade of life, I experienced a crisis, but I also experienced so much joy and magic. And so in my childhood, my magic was my mom, I joke that my mom was the, was spiritually fluid in an original brujita. She wasn't, <laughs> practicing this work as a job but you know we would have like we would come home from school and like something would be off she's like we're gonna clean your energy we're gonna do an egg limpio or we're gonna pasar in science. we're gonna like put on some incense and clear the field because it feels very heavy right now and so I grew up and I thought that was natural I thought everyone's mother was like, we're the energy temperature gauge and clear and high priestess. And then I realized it wasn't, you know, in fact, my mom was so spiritually fluid, I say that she her joy was like identifying bad energy and banishing it and do, and, and learning how to bring in more good energy. We, she would have like, you know, we're Latin. My father's from Colombia. My mom's from Ecuador. We had a baby Jesus on, you know, an, an altar, but we also had Ganesh and Buddha and a Lakshmi. And for her, it was like, this is all good energy. Mm-hmm. So I was trained from a very young age that, we get to bring in and call forth the good energy. I also always say that I discovered um, in my 20s when my parents sold the house we grew up in, my mom had a vision board in the 80s. Like early 80s, she created a vision board. And when we moved out of the house, the vision board had a house that looked exactly like the house we grew in. And I'm like, oh, did you get this from like the sale? She's like, no. She's like, I just found it in a magazine. It just happens to be exactly the same frame and structure, a number of like little windows on the top. It was just like it was so uncanny that for me, the start of Joy was just through spiritual practices and the, the, the vision of possibility of manifesting a magic through my mom's spiritual experience, um, or, or practices. But I would say probably around my soul my Saturn return around when I was mm-hmm. 28, I had my first crisis. Um, because by then, you know, you're in a job and you're being serious and you're adulting and paying rent or mortgages. And I had an abusive, uh, boss. It was really bad, really bad where I would wake up with tears in my eyes. Like I would wake oh up God. crying. Like I'd be crying in sleep state from the amount of abuse I was put through. And it, it broke my spirit to a place that I reconnected with spirit because I had forgotten The magic tools. I had forgotten how to clear my energy. I had forgotten that even when someone's projecting their pain on you, you don't have to absorb and become the vessel of like the garbage vessel of their bad energy. And so I did go through a dark night of soul through that. And that reconnected me to spiritual exploration. I started using, I got a new job quickly, but I started using all my expendable cash on spiritual retreats, workshops, like uh, I, anything and everything was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to yeah. go to Gabby Bernstein's workshop in a yoga studio when she was first starting, right? Like I went to the Berkshires and did a five-day macrobiotic retreat in the now defunct Cushy Institute, which was the home of macrobiotics, right? Like I was like, I'm going to try it all, and another thing that brought me joy though, also is music for me, like all of our senses are pathways to not only joy, right? Cause we love food, we love music, we love sense, but these are also our pathways to connection with ourself and spirit. Like, you know, when, when, a when a song comes on, it is your reconnection to something bigger than you, right? Because it can, it brings you back into your soul, um, Uh, you know, so, so there was this mix of like reconnecting with my senses, but reconnecting with spirit. And I stayed in this field. I was in higher education and I'll never forget. I was traveling for work. I I got to a point where, because my language is I traveling internationally, it was five weeks in Latin America. I was in, you know, discovering what am I supposed to do? Is this where I'm supposed to say? And I remember saying universe, if I'm supposed to be here, send me a sign, like send me a sign. It's time. And I'm in Chile. It's a 6 a.m. flight back home. So it's like Chile to Bogota, Bogota to Miami, Miami to New York. And I am sitting next to Deepak Chopra on a 6 a.m. flight, six hour flight. Stop.
0: Uh, get out of flight. here.
1: Yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay, universe, you're really funny. You're really yeah. funny. Oh and I God. had a conversation like with Deepak Chopra. But in the funnier part was it was like about lingua, like, he was kind of hesitant when he kind of realized I knew who he was and was right. quiet. But then at one point he heard me speak to the the the, the flight crew in Spanish. And he's like, do you think you can help me with my custom phones? And I'm like, of course. No problem. Oh, and we decided to about language. Yeah. Oh, you are? Oh, my God. Yeah, go on. And so language for me is a place of joy because language is the bridge to connecting to another human in the physical realm like if you can't communicate you can't connect and then that creates separation which creates frustration and breakdown and and all that funky stuff that we experience in this world like language is to me the ultimate third dimensional bridge like the tools are a bridge to spirit but language is our connection to the human in the meat suit or the soul in the meat suit that we're experiencing this lifetime. And we, you know, I, I remember at one point, I'm like, well, did you know that Inshallah comes from Arabic or Ojalá in Spanish comes from Arabic Inshallah? And he's like, did you know Allah comes from Hebrew? And we were just like going back on like this linguistical uh, conversation. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm on a plane talking to Deepak Chopra, but we're talking my language of, of language and culture, and human beingness in a moment that I'm like, what am I supposed to do in this lifetime when it comes to the work I perform? So I didn't think it was a coincidence that the, so I also find joy in, in seeing the signs. Some people get signs from the universe and they ignore them. Right. And they, and they don't see that there's joy everywhere if you choose to look. Right.
0: Yes, it's so true. It's just a matter of opening up your eyes and saying, I mean, I think it's also because they're, they're here and they're around us all the time. So I think it's just a matter of connecting and finding at least a moment in our days where we say, okay, I'm here, I'm receiving and just, it's like, it's like opening up a a space of perception around. It's like finding a soft focus around um, your eyes so that when you're going about your day, Spirit can communicate to you, and you'll go, Okay, I see you. I see you. So that leads me into uh, what we spoke about uh, before hopping on the call, which I'm so excited about because I think um, one of my major joys in all of this spiritual um, discovery were the uh, gifts that came around my father's passing. And uh, you've lost your father recently as well. And So that's, um, a whole other realm of experience that, uh, for those of us, um, who have lost someone, um, there's an opportunity for us to notice those signs. And it is such a joy when those come through. So, uh, you just went on a road trip and you were telling me that your dad sent you some little, little gifts from heaven.
1: Oh my goodness. So, and the irony is that in the physical realm, my dad would always be like, don't let, don't keep feeding your mom that mumbo jumbo. It's distracting her from her life. And we, when I tell you we receive from signs from my dad all the time, it's, it's incredible. So, um, I could even say that the signs started even upon his passing. So my Mm -hmm. dad died very unexpectedly from one day to another. And it also, he also passed away two weeks after I finished my first semester of my master's program where I spent 15 weeks meditating. So my mom, my sister, my brother, we were all in the room when he passed and they were devastated. And not to say I wasn't emotionally devastated, but I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not crying? In fact, in my head, I remember saying when he was in a, in a coma, like he was in a point where like on, on life support, I'm like, you know what? It's okay. If you got to go, it's okay. We're gonna be okay. It's gonna suck. And I remember having this mental conversation with him, like next to his body, while my family was like not processing. And within a few days, um, my nephew, who is nonverbal, um, came down with my 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 sister in law, and I remember sitting at the the breakfast table a few days after he passed away and I told my brother you gotta remind me I have to pause grad school next semester and my nephew who was who didn't that doesn't ever lock eyes and nonverbal he looked at me dead in my eye and he goes and he nods his head and I'm like looking at my brother like are you seeing what I'm saying he's like yes so he goes to my my nephew Felipe are you saying auntie can't postpone grad school and he's like nods his head like nope can't do that and I'm like Felipe is granddad telling you to do this and he made this like smirk like and he starts nodding but oh like God. with like this little devilish face like uh-huh and I was like oh my goodness what in the world because my grandpa I mean my father and, and Felipe had a very tight relationship even though he was like a young kid they were like they, they even looked like twins people say they look like twins so I'm like okay dad we see you Um, and my dad had specific, um, numbers that he loved playing in the lottery, like a very specific combination. And I was on a road trip and every time my friend that I went on the road trip with and I were having a conversation and we were kind of like at a really peak point where we're looking for validation or like something needed to be confirmed whenever we were lo- we looked at a plate the plate was my dad's number and i know that's really silly like some people are like alana that's random but that specific number always came up when we were like oh well, we don't know what to do and then it's like oh or we don't know what direction should we go this way i, I don't know if i should go in this direction and the number comes out and or his initials would come up. It was just like clear signs. And I, okay. I mean, I can go on like we have an animal um, when we first moved into this house that I'm in with my mom after my dad passed away. There was a random crane that would pop up like no other animal and it wouldn't pop up in other, any other house. And my mom and I looked at each other. We're like, that's Poppy. We're like, hi, Poppy. We'd, we'd be in the morning like, hi, Poppy. How are you? And I have a friend who channels spirit animals and we hadn't told her. And at a, an event, she um, told my mom, she's like, there's a white bird in the back of your house. Your husband's telling me that that's him. He comes in to check in and say hi. And we're like, my mom's like, did Alona tell you? And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so it was, yeah. you know, we get these confirmations And the other thing are pennies. So um, my dad had this big penny project. He created this. He got the styrofoam ball and covered it with pennies. And he was just so proud of this project he created. And whenever I am feeling like I need a sign, I find pennies. Like at a gas station pump, um, on a walk in my neighborhood, um, in a store. Like it'll just be there when I need it most. And I loved it because one day I was like, I haven't seen a penny in like three months, dad. Like what is wrong with you? And I went somewhere and it was a trail of pennies. Like one penny made me see another penny, which, and I ended up getting like 10 pennies. pennies. Here you go. He's like, fine. You want to see me? Here I am.
0: I mean, it's so amazing. It's like I tell people who haven't experienced this, I think it's sometimes hard for them to believe. Um, but just you wait, uh, because those little gifts, those little signs will come. I just wanted to share this one story because you reminded me with the pennies. Um, my my mom and I, my dad had this sort of like inside joke. Uh, they would always gift each other quarters so much so that my mother would keep like on her dresser, a gift that he had given a quarter. He had given her in like a little ring box, you know, you'd expect to open it and find like a diamond ring, but it was a quarter. Um, Aww. and so, yeah, so sweet. Um, so after he passed, we went to Dallas. He was from Texas originally, and we were burying his ashes at his friend's, uh, ranch. Uh, but we're in a hotel and my, my sister and I had our own room and my mom had her own room and my sister and my son We were sleeping one morning. Both of our phones were dead. My mom had woken up early to go down to the pool. So she had uh, written a little note and she slipped it under our door to say, Oh, I'm going down to the pool. I'll meet you for breakfast later. Da da da. She goes down to the pool. She comes back. We're still asleep. She's knocking on the door, calling us. We're not answering. So she writes another note to say, You know, call me like, (laughs) call me when you wake up, whatever. And she slips it under the door and out from under the door shoots a single quarter, like literally blasts out from underneath the door. (laughs) I mean, so then we finally wake up and we meet her for breakfast and she was like, Oh, you girls, you're playing jokes on me. You guys were shooting the quarter underneath the door. And we were like, absolutely. We were like, what are you even talking about? That was not us. I mean, you really can't make this stuff up. She was like, it, it shot out from beneath the door. And she, I mean, still to this day, she thinks that we were playing a, tr- a joke on her. <laughs> I mean, you really can't make this stuff up. You can't, and no. and that's the
1: thing, right? Like, there, there. I don't know if this happens to you, Elena, but are there moments where you're like, "This is planted"? Like, someone knows. Like, you're looking. I look. A, when the pennies happen, I'm like, yeah. "Okay, who knows? Who did right. this to me?" Because yeah. what? are the chances that when I'm looking for a sign, there have been moments where I'm pumping the gas and there is no penny. And then like I go inside of the store to like buy a bottle of water and come out and like there's a penny. I'm like the penny, I I look, the penny was not there.
0: No. Before. And it just comes. Come it's from? so funny. It's amazing because it's like, once you ask for a sign, they're like, how many do you want? I'll just keep them coming, you know? And I, I find for myself, whenever I need to know, uh, like a little bit of reassurance that I'm on track, I'll say, you know, please spirit, give me, give me a sign that I'm on track and right soon enough. like As soon as I think it, especially with the uh, license plates, uh, all my witchy friends are like, yes, those license plates, like right away, I'll get a two, two, two which is my like number. I'm born on the 22nd or I'll get like a, a quadruple two, you know, it's just yes. ask and you shall receive and spirits just like, yep, here you go. Anything else? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll take some more. And they're like, okay, here's a four, four, four. <laughs> You know, like they just keep throwing it out and it's absolutely wonderful. So this leads me to my next question, which is, um, how you work with your clients? Um, I'm really (laughs) curious to hear, you know, are you working with people who are in sort of like a similar kind of crisis point and how do you, are you, how are you teaching them and coaching them to come back to their center and are there, yeah, like what tools are you bringing in? I'm really excited to hear.
1: Oh, I love this question um, because you, you, when you, when we were working together in the, you know, the, the lady boss container, Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to be so academic and contained and I wasn't really bringing in the magical tools and, I had a moment where I'm like, I'm getting these signs from my dad. I'm getting, I'm feeling clairsentient. Like I was, I was acknowledging like the pathways, you know, not everyone's clairvoyant. I don't see things. I don't hear voices or like messages. Like I get just like a sense of knowing. And like, I get when I'm doing Oracle cards, I feel like, very clear currents on the cards I should be picking. And I know the clairsentience didn't develop until after my dad died. When my dad passed away, something happened and I'm like, dad, are you there? And I felt like that's current. I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep on asking some questions. And what I did is I learned to trust the feeling and the signs. And so one of the things that I do is I do bring in spiritual tools into the coaching container for my clients to trust that there is something bigger than them in addition to them, guiding them and making the things happen. Because I think this disconnection from spirit has made us hyper reliant on our own efforts to create. And I'm not saying that you don't, you shouldn't be out doing the work, but it's, you can't do everything. You can't control every outcome. And when you kind of allow the magic of something bigger than you to enter the space of your life, then not only does it become a little bit easier, but when you're actually doing the thing, it feels awesome. You get the signs. You feel the joy. You, and, and you begin to trust yourself because you've trusted in something outside of yourself. And so I'll, with some clients I'll bring in, so for every client, I do a birth chart reading and I've now started doing high level human design assessments so that when we understand your birth chart, which is your personality and your human design, which is kind of like your energy field, how is your, how, how are you interacting in the quantum field and then we bring that together, then you can begin, that's like our template. This is who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to be using your energy. And then in the coaching container, we can then get clear on what you're creating or because sometimes the problem with creation is I don't even know what I want to create. Um, And then we bring in like, so it, it becomes more intuitive. It's not like a template. It's like, okay, you're stuck. Let's use, let's pull up a card. Let's see what the cards say. Or maybe, hey, let's use the words. I'm hearing you say this word five times. Like today I had a client and she kept on saying, but but, 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 and she was trying to create something. I'm like, you're, you're, you are literally using words to put a stop to every possibility in this, in this creation. So where, so why don't we replace that word with something else to give it a new spirit in how we're creating? So words to me are a tool, a magic tool, Oracle cards, astrology, human design. Um, and then for some clients. I I might recommend books. I might recommend a crystal. I might recommend rituals. I might recommend affirmations. So it all depends on what is happening in the moment, but I bring it all in to show them the magic and that the power of the magic when you start trusting in it and finding which one works best for you because someone might not like crystals and that's okay. And someone might not like astrology, but they'll really want that Oracle card. I have a client who right now it's like, it's like, just pull the cards already. Like, let's just go, let's go straight to the cards and then we'll figure it out. (laughs) And so that's our style, but there are other clients who are like, we're going to start with what I want to create. And then we bring in the magic to the container.
0: Mm, Wow. This all sounds so delicious. I'm, I, I just, I'm so happy for you and everything that you're creating. Um, these experiences for people. It just sounds so nurturing. Um, so that leads me to my next question, which is what does your daily practice look like? Because when I think of daily practice, uh, for myself, it's getting myself into alignment, um, having time for prayer, having time for dance, having time for movement. And in that it is coming into that, place of, of joy, because to me, joy is like a celebration. It's an honoring of the divine. So when I say like, what's your personal practice, what's your daily ritual? Like for me, I'm, I'm thinking, how are we, how are you getting yourself into your, into your flow, into your mojo? What, what does that look like? Oh my for you? gosh.
1: I love this question because I don't have a specific thing because for me, it's like, where am I in the moment? Right. Um, there are going to be weeks where of like, you know what, I need to like sit and listen to guided meditation. Sometimes it's like, I just need to sit in silence. Sometimes it's, I wake up and I'm like, I have this little mantra when I'm feeling out of alignment and I just like, I won't even move out of my bed if I can feel the energy is going to be off. I just do my affirmations over and over again until I feel my nervous system coming, calming down to be able to then like actually get up and be in the world. Um, Sometimes it's as simple as like, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and have a mindful moment with a cup of tea because I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. I abused it in college, so I have to stop. <laughs> so it's not part of my ritual. Um, yeah. But it, I think, you know, for for some people you know, and this is why I love like bringing in like astrology and human design, right? Because for some people, a consistent morning ritual is so necessary for the maintenance of the connection. And for some people, it's more of like the spontaneous um being led to where you get to go is, is a, it will allow the connection to spirit to come through. So for me, it's very spontaneous. It might be I'm 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 going to do a formal practice. For me, sometimes it's going to be like, I'm just going to sit here with some water and sip it and just like look at it outside. Right. And so it's, um, <laughs> yes. it can be as informal or formal. Some days it's like, I'm going to pull an Oracle card. Right. So for me, it's very spontaneous and it's very like, where am I being led?
0: Mm, I love that because as we were saying, when you do open yourself up to being guided by spirit, it it might look different from day to day and i think giving yourself that permission is so huge and leading the way by telling people it's okay it doesn't have to look the same every single day and you know i think about for me sometimes even if i don't have A specific morning practice, it might just mean going for a walk or sunbathing in the back with my dog, or, Mm -hmm. you know, having a moment where a song comes to me in my head and I'm like, oh my God, like I need to put on that song and dance and I will like dance my heart out and just get into my flow with it. And that's, that's my practice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's big stuff to allow ourselves that grace of, finding, finding ourselves and meeting ourselves with where, where we're at. It's really big stuff.
1: Yeah. And self-compassion because, you know, I think you saw my web, like I haven't updated my website in about a year and a half, but when I started, it was all about self-compassion and people think self-compassion is like self-love, self-care. And I'm like, y'all, let's get to the root. Compassion means to suffer with. So you know, if we don't recognize that in every day, like you, like we kind of talked about, right? Like there are going to be days and moments and periods of our life where there will not be joy. But if you do not allow yourself to witness the joy, process the joy, you cannot access the joy. I mean, the pain to get to the joy, right? And so if you get, if you're beating yourself up because you didn't meditate 20 days in a row, how how is that actually a practice of joy and peace when you're using it for self-flagellation? You're actually amplifying the pain that you're trying to relieve through the practice. So when you acknowledge your own individual expression of joy, of practice, of ritual, of spirit, because that's the other thing, like the way I express spirit is going to be very different than you or someone else. And it's not wrong. Postmodernism: there is no right way to express spirit. There is no ex- right way to do this life. There is the way you came to do it.
0: That was some Deepak Chopra. Like, like, that was so, ooh, soul food. <laughs> My God. Wow. So it's interesting because, you know, I would love to hear what you would offer someone sort of like to have a basic framework. So, so if someone really is in that pain space and mm-hmm. maybe they're not ready to mm-hmm. come out of it yet you know, I'm thinking spending days like on the floor, in the mud, like walking through that dark night of the soul. And not to say, because as we know, it isn't a one size fits all remedy or plan, but I guess it's my question for you would be how, like, what are the top uh, three, I don't even know, like frameworks or tips or tools that you would give someone who's in that space of being in that dark night. And again, like, Not, not going to come out of it tomorrow. Like it might be a minute. Like what would you, what would you give to that person?
1: Oh, I love this question. Um, because life cannot be templated, but behavior change is actually templated. Um, I always joke, this is the part where if I was on video, I'd put on a fake pair of glasses and go into like a fake British accent, like in the trans-theoretical model of behavior change, um, there, is, there is a framework for behavior change. And the first two pieces of behavior change requires awareness. So we have what's called pre-contemplation and contemplation, like I don't have a problem or people tell me I have a problem. When you're in pain, people are like, you know, oh, you got to do this. And people are like, well, people are telling me I need to do this, but you don't want to. It's not an auto-motivated experience. Behavior change also requires you to want to do the behavior change. So when you're in pain and you don't feel like doing anything, then you get to witness, be aware, hey, right now I'm witnessing, I am sad. And I don't want to do anything about the sadness than to sit in it. Now, we're also not perpetuating staying in the sadness forever because that's also not conducive to being in the physical realm. So the first thing is, hey, get aware and accept that you're in, in the state. If you cannot be aware and accept that right now I am sad, you're going to be bypa- That's the bypassing, right? Like everything's fine. There's nothing needs to happen. So the first step is that awareness and acceptance be aware that you're sad accept that you're sad allow yourself the grace and compassion to be sad no one is th- you know i think people we've we've demonized emotions to a place that when emotions are not navig- navigable by ourselves or others then we are we're trying to please the outside and it's like you know what right now it's okay for me to be here second is where we kind of go into action, right? So you might be sad and you might be like, you know what, I'm going to go out with a friend or I'm going to go buy something to eat. You might put on a song. And so action is the beginning of working through. It is actually not the final destination of behavior change. So you might want to say, what are the things, what are the steps I can take? What are the movements and actions that I can take to shift this when I am ready to shift out of it? So when you allowed yourself to be sad and you're ready to shift, you get to say, Hey, now what do I do? Because I've, I've been here so long. I don't know what else to do. You get to explore the actions that align with you. And the final piece is maintenance. You have new behavior when those actions become default. And what happens is often in action, we are like, well, I think that the way I'm going to be happy is I'm going to do this and that's going to be the thing. And if it doesn't work, then we're like, I failed and I get to be sad forever again. Instead of saying, hey, okay, that wasn't the path that I get. You know what? I'm going to try this one now. So I actually offer people have more than one step of action, have have a handful because the other thing is one action might not make you, not might support you in every moment. Like, you know, um, I'm a Taurus moon. I like to eat. So sometimes all I need is a cracker or a, a lobster roll or a good cup of tea and I'm great, but there are going to be moments where maybe playing my all, I have, I have a sound, I have a playlist called all the feels. Sometimes I just need to sit down, listen to this really emo playlist, get the tears out and I'm back in action. And it's when I can maintain the, so the objective is joy. When you've maintained the feeling of joy through the actions that you're taking, then you've created the new behavior.
0: My... God, that was such a beautiful channeling of like really valuable information. I can't wait to go back and listen to it. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so that leads me into my final question for you, uh, which might be, might be a challenging one to answer, but I just thought of, Uh, I think this will be a fun one for you. So imagine you are on, you know, this. uh, you're on an island. You're alone. Mm -hmm. You are stranded on an island. It's one of these situations that you find yourself in. Mm -hmm. And all you have is like a little satchel with you Mm -hmm. of three things. And these Mm -hmm. three things are what is going to keep you grounded, keep you... Um, nourished in your heart. And it's going to give you that connection to the divine that will get you through this time on the island before you are rescued. You will be rescued, but what are the three things that you will take with you in this little satchel?
1: Okay. You're going to laugh, but the very first thing I thought of is
0: liquid eyeliner. (laughs) (laughs) She's got to look good while she's on this island.
1: Y'all, I'm an uber Libra. I'm an uber Libra. Like when I am sad, if I have my eyeliner on, I can face the world. (laughs) So, and this is where we talk about like, it is, it's a postmodern. It is my frame of reference of what brings me joy. So (laughs) liquid eyeliner. Yes. Is my very first choice in the satchel. Amazing. Um, I think the second thing that comes up for me is like top of my head is, like probably uh, a photo book, like a book, like a, uh, like a, yeah, the photo album. Because mm. for me, a connection, because I'd be on an island without connection to humans, there's a sense of seeing the humans that were relevant in my life and having that visual representation would probably sustain my spirit and seeing that connection through the memory of the photo. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third one, third one. I I don't know. I think the first thing that comes up for me it it would be a toss between like an essential oil or some kind of music playlist. Like once again, mm. it's the senses. For me it's the senses. Yeah. Um, you know, oils definitely kind of shift my my rewiring of my brain sometimes, but You know what? I'm going to go with the music playlist. I'm going to, I'm going to need a consistent and eternally uh, connected, uh, old school iPod shuffle with my favorite jams. And I'm good to go.
0: Yes. I'm so with you. That's a really tough one. It was tough because you only had three, but you know, the essential oil it's, you know, I I'd probably, it'd be tough not to have like a little bit of lavender, uh, eucalyptus, but I have to say, I would also go with the music. Like I had this whole thing for a number of years also with my iPod shuffle, rest in peace, where I would constantly <laughs> be thinking like, I would be thinking of these situations, these like doomsday situations. I'd be like, gotta have my music. Like if the world's ending, I better have a bang playlist. Like I'm going to dance my, way out (laughs) these are the songs that are going to fill my soul until I go yeah exactly oh my god is there any song off the top of your head right now that that you've been vibing with like what comes to mind right now what song
1: Okay. So I, so first of all, like I literally listen to music from all over the world in different languages and across all genres. But thinking about like the sadness, there's this band called Bird Talker and they have a song called Heavy. I and it literally says, "Leave them, what's heavy." It, they literally say, "Leave what's heavy, what's heavy behind." So it's all about like it, it is a song, it's this beautiful, it's like super like, you know, guitar, like indie acoustic, you know, kind of that kind of stuff. but it's this beautiful song, and the vocals are amazing. I really need good vocals, um, where they're really processing they're a lot they're, it's a song where they're verbally allowing someone to process or telling someone like, "Leave what's heavy behind." If you're lost and you're lonely go and figure out why you know like these are like the lyrics are like literally allowing you to feel your feels
0: mm, i love so it that, i love that, it
1: yeah especially That's if we're one. talking about joy and grief like if you, know. you can't if you can't like, witness it once again if you can't witness it and then allow it to not have to be there forever then you you can never overcome the burden of grief cuz gr- at, at the end of the day You know, one thing that I learned through human design is that emotions, some of us have the emotional solar plexus. So in human design, the the solar plexus is our emotional center. And having the emotional solar plexus defined um, allows us the emotions, which are the breakdowns that give us the spiritual breakthroughs. Like if you went through life and nothing went wrong, you would have never had the the breakthrough to get you to where you go next. If I didn't have workplace abuse, I probably would be in higher education, you know, having, you know probably a decent life, but not a fulfilled life, a soul fulfilled life. If my dad didn't die, I would never quit my job. My dad died and that was the impetus for me to quit my job. So these emotional experiences, both the good and bad, are what allow us to go to the next level in our souls in this meat suit. I'm right there with you. You've
0: said it (laughs) beautifully, like a synthesized, uh, gosh, vision version of of exactly what... um, what I believe as well. And I'm so happy that you are here to share that because I just, these are the conversations that I, that I, the whole podcast is about. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, to, wow, wow, wow. So to wrap it up, uh, for our listeners who want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to find you, to reach you? Do you have anything fun coming up? You can let them know about.
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm very active on Instagram. So definitely find me at Ilona Pamplona. Um, My website is still under works and I have self-compassion for myself as that develops, but I have a mailing list. So I'd love for people to join my mailing list. I do monthly astrology coaching questions. So I'm not going to give you a forecast and tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you questions based on your sign that you can reflect and deepen with yourself. I am in the of preparing an astrology membership where Ooh. I kind of do coaching in astrology in a membership container in 2022 so get on the mailing list so you can find out when that comes out
0: wow so they get on the mailing ne- mailing list from your website
1: from instagram so from instagram. it's on my uh, it's on my my link on my bio yep okay
0: Lincoln bio babes. We love it. We love it. Oh, that sounds so amazing. I mean, everyone who's listening is probably just like, can't wait to get on that mailing list because you just have so much to offer. And I am just in awe of you and the channel that you are. This entire uh, conversation has just been such a beautiful thing to witness. So thank you so much for coming.
1: Ilona. Thank you for letting me share. I love you and your energy. Oh, thank you.